0: Kunis T, this is Surika jumping in quickly with a couple of quick announcements. We have a live show coming up in Whelan's, Dublin, on Sunday, the 20th of August. You can find tickets on our website through the link in the show notes. And if you are listening to this in the future after that date, you can still follow that link to find out what shows are currently coming up. Hope to see you there. And now, back to the regular podcast. Kunis T, how are ye? Welcome to the Candela Tales Podcast, where we tell stories from Irish mythology and chat about them. In this series, we are telling and retelling some of the classics of Irish myth. If you don't know much about these stories, you might know these, and if you're really just starting out, this is a good place to start. The Salmon of Knowledge is a tale for all ages. Every schoolchild in Ireland could tell you some version of it. This is going to be ours. This podcast is brought to you by our supporters at Patreon and you can join them over at patreon.com forward slash Candlelit Tales or make a one-time donation to the PayPal button on our website. Like, share and above all, enjoy. And for now, Aaron, tell us a story.
1: The Salmon of Knowledge In a forest by the Bloom Mountains A little boy played with curling blonde hair and a devilish stare as he looked up at the beautiful trees glistening in the breeze. This boy's name was Demna. He was eager for learning, he had a thirst for adventure. He was being taught and trained by his foster mother, Lea Lucra, the warrior woman of the woods. She used to train him by running around a huge oak tree with a hazel rod in her hand, whipping him until he was fast enough to run all the way around and catch a whip that might catch her on the tail as well. Although it took him quite a while to accomplish that task. He had another foster mother. Her name was Bommel, and oftentimes he saw these two women... Go to sleep in the same abode, wrapped in each other's arms, kissing each other lightly. But this is not their tale. This is the story of how this young boy who loved adventure grew to a size that these two women couldn't keep. They couldn't keep him in the forest to keep on training and teaching him. He was too full of adventurous spirit, and so he was often going near the towns, so close that he couldn't but get raptured into the great adventure of hurling. There he would show his skill and his strength, and oftentimes he was caught into a game where it was just him against a whole other team, or two teams. And he'd still managed to outskill or outwin the game, but well, he wasn't following his orders from Bommel. He certainly wasn't listening to Leilucra anymore. He was an adolescent after all, although his boyishness was still bright in his eyes. He was being far too adventurous, as he was told. So many times his life was in danger and he had to stay in the forests. He had to stay in hiding. His father was a man named Kool and he had been the leader of the Fianna. The Fianna were a wild, wonderful troop of warriors who had fought against each other. The factions had been ripped apart and a division had occurred. Where the leadership came under question. Kool had been killed. Gull McMorna, the one who had killed him and taken the leadership of the Fianna, they feared would be after young Demna and try and kill him to make sure he would never lay claim to be the leader of the Fianna again. So young Demna was hiding in the forest but he was too full of that inquisition for life to stay hiding for all of it. And so, Bommel and Lealucra decided to send this boy off with a travelling band of poets and bards that had come to a nearby town. After all, it was high time he went off and explored Ireland, and, they thought, even Gull MacMorna, who was so vicious, would not kill a poet. For nobody would kill a bard or poet in Ireland, lest they bring down doom and bad luck on them and those who they loved. And so, if young Demna became a bard or a poet, and went under the teachings of this troop, perhaps his life would be saved. So they dressed him in rags, they muddied his hair, they tried to make him look not as regal and brilliant as he simply held himself always as, and they sent him off with this travelling band of poets and bards. And he went wandering around Ireland with them, and he came to the towns, and there was many a fair, and there was many a music hall, there was many a great gathering he saw, and oftentimes he heard these great bards and poets sing songs and tell stories, the stories he had learnt under Bommel's teaching. And he often corrected one or two details here and there or asked a question they weren't quite able to answer. And as they went to the high, jagged cliffs in the north and the sweeping, beautiful plains of the south, the flat boglands in the middle or the rugged coastline in the west, well, Young Demna was simply asking too many questions for these bards and poets to answer. He was insatiable with his appetite for knowledge. And so one day they said if you must know all of these answers, the only person to answer them would be the smartest man in Ireland. Let you seek him out. He's acting very foolishly these past few years. He's living by the boyne, trying to catch the salmon of knowledge. This spiked young Demna's curiosity. Of course, his name was no longer Demna because the poets had decided to call him what he looked like. Fair-haired. And as he travelled with them, they always called him Fion or Finn. He was happy to take the name on because any name given was a name you could take. So he went to find young Finangus or Finangas, who was by the shore of the Boyne, and at a particular point of the river, on a particular side. And he travelled the length of the Boyne looking for Finangus, and eventually he found him. He was at a bend, a crook, surrounded by trees, where the water pooled beautifully underneath the leaves. And he saw this old man stooped over a fishing rod, bent hunchback, with rags dressed over him, and a small campfire, and what seemed like a camp that he'd been staying for for quite a long time. And young Fionn went up to Finangas and, asked if he could be his student. He was seeking knowledge after all and he offered to help Finngus in any way at all that he could. He would clean and cook and help him in any way and in exchange he simply asked to be taught by who was known as the smartest man in all of Ireland. Finngus took young Fionn under his wing because he, Realized he could help because he realized he could do with the help of a thing or two, and after all, he wasn't really doing a great job of catching this particular fish. After Fionn asked him why it was he was standing resolutely still at this point, Fenangus told him there had been a prophecy he had found and he had seen that a man with a name beginning with Finn would find a point of the river where there were nine hazel trees growing around the well of wisdom that pooled around the boyne, and the roots of these trees dug so deep into the pool, into the well of wisdom that went so far down and deep below into the other world that they sucked up all of the knowledge of the wisdom of the worlds beyond and through the veil they managed to condense that knowledge into the hazelnuts that they grew on their branches and as they fell into the water these hazelnuts carried all of that wisdom. No one could extract that knowledge from those nuts only The salmon that swam in the river that ate those hazelnuts could absorb that wisdom and there was one of those that was destined to be caught on this side of the river at this point, at this bend, surrounded by these nine hazel trees by a man whose name begun with Finn. Or Fionn, if you pronounced it that way. But anyway, so young Fionn, while he watched Fenangus attempt to catch the salmon of knowledge, so eager he was to have all of the wisdom of this world and the next. But young Fionn was happy to be taught all of the old stories, all of the stories he had never heard before, the histories and the languages And the tales of old. And how to survive on this land. And how to tell the difference between all of the trees. And how to sing and sense the seasons as they change before they change. To watch for the stars and see the senses between the sights and sounds that would mark an auspicious day. To keep an eye out for which way the birds flew on a particular day to mark a great night to come. Well, there were as many things he was taught, and we don't know them all, but we do know that one morning, Finangas's rod went taut, and he left an exclamation out of his mouth. Young Fionn leapt up to help the old man, who seemed to be struggling to hold on to the fishing rod as it was nearly pulled out of his arm. And as he saw the water shift and move, he saw an extraordinary sight. A huge, strong salmon leapt out of the water, with all of the colour of the rainbow on its scales as it glistened in the summer's sun shining on the water. And it dove back into the river, rushing around. And it pulled Fenangus almost into the water until Fionn, grabbed the fishing rod and pulled it back and he was strong and athletic and firm of stance he hunkered down and he fought with that salmon as he pulled it slowly and determinedly towards him but still the fish fought with him left and right jumping bright out of the water glistening in the summer sun until finally he brought that fish out of the water and the salmon landed on the rocky shore. Phinangus was delighted, but exhausted, although he didn't do that much. He had simply watched, for the most part. Young Fionn, while he was delighted to have helped his teacher catch the salmon of knowledge, he asked him what they would like to do now. Cook the fish, of course. So Fionn started the fire as Fenangus lay down, and it was his desire to simply sleep after that exhausting battle with the fish. Young Fionn prepared the fire, made the stones around it, and he had the wood, lit it, made a spit for the fish. And then he placed the fish onto the spit skewering it so he could spin it around and equally cook it all the way through. And this is how he prepared the fish just right. Unfortunately, he saw a small blister begin to form on the skin of the salmon. Now, as he was turning it over, he saw the oil drip down into the flames and spark and fizz on the rocks below and the smells wafting around was making him nauseous with the hunger but when he saw this bubble form he knew it would have to go the flesh was nearly fully cooked it was ready to go he thought but it could not be this imperfect he wanted this to be the perfect meal for Fanangas so as the blister bubbled without thinking he wanted to burst it And he pushed it with his thumb, not thinking. And of course, as soon as he pressed his finger on the flesh and burst that blister, all of the oil underneath the skin burnt his thumb badly. He pulled it away, screeching and sticking it inside of his mouth instinctively. Well, moments later he decided the fish was now fully cooked. He placed it on a plate happy with how it looked, now, after all, without the blister. He called Fanangas who woke up, blearily and rubbing his eyes, stretching wide, eager and full of anticipation to taste this delicious flesh and be filled with all of the wisdom of the other world. And as he devoured the fish, he took one great bite and chewed and spat it out. He looked at Fionn, he said, there is no knowledge in this fish, the flesh has already been tasted. Did you eat anything? Young Fionn was shocked to be accused of such a thing. No, of course not, he exclaimed, and he told him exactly how he prepared the fire, the cooking spit. And the fish, just for him to eat. No one else, he had not taken a single bite. There was, of course, the blister that had, you know, burnt his thumb and he'd stuck it in his mouth. But That wasn't tasting the fish at all, really, was it? It wasn't really tasting. I mean, it did taste a bit like fishy oil, but it wasn't on purpose. And Angus placed his hands over his head. He sighed and he said, well... Whenever you need the wisdom of the other world, all you need to do is stick your thumb in your mouth. Now, young Fionn was confused, of course, by this. He didn't feel any different. He didn't sense anything change. But once he stuck his thumb back in his mouth, he realized that something extraordinary opened in his mind not only did he know all of the answers to any question he'd ever wondered, he knew far more, far more deeply than he'd ever understood. He felt the age of the land fall on his shoulders. He felt as light as a feather at the same time. He felt in tune with everything and when he took his thumb out of his mouth he seemed to hold on to a a reverberation of that knowledge, but it wasn't the same. <laughs> he laughed to himself. Whenever he would need such knowledge, it was at the tip of his thumb. So simple, so wonderful, so always at reach. And so he wondered what he would do next, without the need of a teacher, for Finngus had already gone off in a huff now after realising he had misinterpreted that prophecy so long ago and wasted seven long years by the river. Young Fionn, well, he was the son of Kool. He had been the leader of the Fianna. He had always heard the great stories of the Fianna and he didn't much have any fear for Gull McMorna. But he wondered where they were. Hmm. He knew exactly how he could find out. And so, he did what he would always do whenever he needed to find something out. Young Hyun stuck his thumb in his mouth.